North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. You've tuned into the Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to the Dr. Lowe Show. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Dr. Lowe Show. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Noel, naturopathic doctor. So great to have you joining me for another episode. It's a special show we have tonight. We have a good friend of mine in the building. We are going to be talking all about resilience and mindset and what is possible when you really realize just how freaking powerful you are. So this is going to be a very inspiring show. You might want to grab some tissues. You might cry a little bit. No, probably not. Um, but I will say JJ's book did make me cry. Um, but I'm a big cry baby. We are talking with JJ Virgin on the show tonight about her new book, Miracle Mindset. And I will introduce her in just a second, but first want to just give you some announcements. So shine detox launch party. It's coming up April 27th, six to 9 PM. If you're in the San Diego area, come and join us. We're going to have music, food, good times, good people, we are tribal creatures. We are community kind of creatures. We need each other and we are in an increasingly individualized society. And yes, we're all connected on social media, but we really need that connection with each other. So it's so important to be around like-minded people who who lift you up and, you know, fill your love tanks. And that's why I'm so passionate about creating community. And so if you are in the area, please come and join us. It'll be a really fun time. Mark your calendars. You can get more information over at shineandnaturalmedicine.com. Um, and that is April 27th from six to nine. So come and join us. Plus we're looking for a few volunteers. So if there's anyone who wants to be involved and just roll up your sleeves and, and do some, some help in making this event awesome, email us info at shine We'd love to see you. And we're looking for people who are health minded, passionate about natural medicine and who want to help people. I will bring my guests on in just a sec, but I want to give some love to our show sponsor, Organifi.com. If you are not familiar with Organifi, it is a, well, they actually have a bunch of awesome products, but one in particular is their greens drink that is freeze dried. So it keeps all the nutrients intact in the greens. It has ashwagandha, which is a potent herb that helps with stress and resilience. So relating to the topic tonight, it's all about staying ready so you don't have to get ready, right? keeping certain staples in your diet that keep you strong, that keep you resilient so that if stressful events happen, you just handle it and you're able to keep up a lot, a lot easier. So that's why I always keep different herbs in my diet like this that help my adrenals just to work better and balance things out. What I love about ashwagandha, which is in the greens drink that Organifi makes is that if you have too much stress or, or, or let's say I'm referring to cortisol specifically, if you have high cortisol or if you have low cortisol, which is that main stress hormone, this herb helps to balance it out. So it's a very intelligent plant. And also besides that, there's spirulina, which is a potent superfood. It also has um, coconut water in it. So it has electrolytes as well. And it's just, it actually tastes really good. If you're anti-veggies, you probably would really like this. So I put it in um, my, my smoothie. I put in some collagen protein. I love the bulletproof protein. So I use that. And then I add um, some water to it. I'll put in some ice cubes just to make it a little cold and kind of shake it up. And that's what I do for my morning. If I'm in a rush and I don't have a lot of time to make breakfast, I'll put that in a blender bottle, shake it up. And that's my breakfast. So I love it. It's awesome. And also besides the green strength, they have a a, a new turmeric supplement. Um, They also have a probiotic and and their brand new protein powder. So really, really clean stuff. You always want to eat as clean as you can, right? Otherwise you become a filter. You have to filter through stuff you eat and that puts a lot of burden on your liver. So clean up your diet so it's not so much much, um, work for your body to do. So Organifi.com, that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I. 
com. And at checkout, if you enter Dr. Lowe, you get 20% off your entire order. So if that's the supplements or if that's the probiotics or the green string, all of it applies. So Dr. Lowe at checkout and you get yourself hooked up. And also the travel packs. Those are awesome. I keep them in my purse. Really, really helpful when you're on the go. Love Organifi. All right. So on to tonight's show, we have my friend JJ Virgin back on again. She is a celebrity nutrition and fitness expert, and she teaches clients how to lose weight and master their mindset so they can lead bigger, better lives. She's the author of four New York Times bestsellers, The Virgin Diet, The Virgin Diet Cookbook, JJ's Sugar Impact Diet, and JJ's Sugar Impact Diet Cookbook. Her memoir, which is what this show is about, is is Miracle Mindset. It's a mother, her son, and life's hardest lessons. And this book explores the powerful lessons in strength and positivity that she learned after her son Grant was the victim of a brutal hit-and-run accident. JJ hosts the popular JJ Virgin Lifestyle Show podcast, which I love, and she regularly writes for Huffington Post, Rodale Wellness, and other major blogs and magazines. She's also a frequent guest on TV and radio and speaks at major events. In addition to her work and nutrition fitness, JJ is also a business coach, and she founded the premier health entrepreneur event and community, the Mindshare Summit, which I've attended. And if any of you listening are health um, experts, um, professionals, this is a great thing to um, look into because you get to meet other entrepreneurs who are also in the health space and see ways that you can really improve your business and reach and help more people. Um, you can learn more about her over at jjvirgin.com. Let's bring her on the show. I am just really thrilled for my guests that I have on the show tonight. I have JJ Virgin back on. She was on, gosh, a while back to talk about her, her last book. And now we're on the show. Now she's on the show talking about something totally different, kind of a whole new world for her that she's diving into in this. And this is really in the mindset, in the, the personal development, kind of the... Um, the way that we view things that happen in our life, and it's about this miracle mindset that she developed through this. Actually, she's really had her whole life, but she was really put to the test through a very challenging experience of her son being hit in a car accident. So I am just so grateful to have JJ on the show. We're going to talk all about this amazing story. And JJ, welcome back to the show. Thank you. You know, I have to write these books so I can get on your show. I know, I know. Same. I mean, you, know, you got it. It's the price to pay, oh right? Gosh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I got the the book a few days ago, so I've been just just pouring myself into it, and I heard obviously some of the details of what had happened when it had first happened, and from you. But but like hearing all the details of all this is just amazing. So let's let's kind of take a step back. Tell us what this book is about. Why did you write this? I mean. And why this whole new world of, of mindset? You know, you, you were the, the celebrity doc, you know, the celebrity nutritionist about weight loss and nutrition. So a whole different world. But I still am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still loving that. Um, yeah, I never, I never would have intended to write this book, but I, I was weaving the story into everything that I was doing and it started massively impacting people. Like, yeah. And that's when I went, my, actually my agent forced me to do it because she almost lost her baby twins. Um, when she was pregnant with them, she had a very similar situation happen where she was told to let him go the whole bit. And she was like, no, I kept thinking about you. And I'm like, really? So, you know, you, I started to see the impact it was making and I went, wow, you know, I yeah. just need to get this out there. And it was a really tough decision, honestly, to do because it's not the same as doing something like a diet book. If someone doesn't like your diet book, it's, it's like, okay, well, they didn't like my diet book. You know, if yeah. someone reads this, this is me. This is like my story, right. my book, super vulnerable. Mm. When we did it, I had to make that decision of, wow, you can't really sort of do this. You have to go all in on this thing. So it's, yeah. you, and it was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> the power of that vulnerability. And I will say that just as your friend, I've seen such a transformation of in you. I mean, obviously now being engaged and soon to be married and, you know, having an amazing man in your life, that plays a huge part of it. But this process of going through this, it really has shaped and changed you. How, how do you feel like, like, what has it done for you? Yeah, well, I, I have the amazing man in my life because of what I've gone through. Mm. So that is a key thing there. I wouldn't have had him, you know, the person... Wow. Now, what's interesting is people, obviously, after the whole thing happened, and my son was the victim of a hit and run. He was left for dead in the street. This is like 
you know, weeks before my first big book is being published, everything I've invested, everything in that book. So I've got to make the book work because I, I'm the financial support for my family. He's, he's now in a coma. The doctors are telling us to let him go. I'm looking at him, telling him, telling him he's going to be 110%. It's going to be the best thing that ever happened to him. Well, I'm scared to death. Like, don't think I was sitting there going, oh, this could be great. You know, it's like, no. But uh, people after the fact were like, how did you get through that? And what I realized was I had actually been in training for this time my entire life. And that's what, when I went, I have to write this book because there, as I looked back and I went, how did I get through this? There were so many lessons that I'd learned in my life up to that point that I was able to draw on without even thinking. Like I was an autopilot because when things like this happen, you're not going to sit there and go, God, what was that book I read about resilience? You know, right. that's not happening. <laughs> you, know? Yep. you know, I need that one. Where's Brene Brown now? Come right. here. You know, <laughs> none of that's happening, but in my, um, like right when I turned 30, I had this client, I was personal trainer. And she said to me, she goes, so what are your big goals and dreams? And, and, and I go, well, you know, I'm going to finish this master's. I don't get a PhD. Then I'll, and she goes, why are you doing that? And I go, cause I want to impact more people. I want to be more successful. And she mm-hmm. goes, you know, going to school, you know, getting these advanced degrees actually doesn't correlate with impacting more people, being more successful. And I'm like, it doesn't, you know, (laughs) really? She goes, no. And I went, huh. She goes, I am happy to teach you how I've done what I've done. And this was a self-made multimillionaire. And she grew up in a trailer park and she was a huge, huge success. Wow. And inspiring millions of people. And I'm like, all right. You know, yeah. like you, you don't say no to that one. Right. Yeah. And so I actually sold my personal training business, moved into her house. Like when I go in, I go all in, you know, there's no, yeah. like, oh, I'll try that. I was like, I'm doing this. And so I do this, I move into her house and I'm thinking that I'm going to learn this incredible, like how to run a business, how to all this stuff. Mm-hmm. No, that's not what happens. So I move into her house and she starts teaching me all of this mindset stuff. And I'm like, when am I going to learn? First of all, she has me listening to tapes. This is way back when Nightingale Conant tapes, I'm listening to Thinking Grow Rich and oh, yeah. by Brian Tracy over and over and over. And I'm like, when am I going to learn how to do business? When am I going to learn? <laughs> and she goes, that, that won't have any impact on you until you fix your mindset. You'll always be limited. Mm. And I remember I was super, super annoyed and frustrated, as you can imagine, because I yeah. was not what I thought I was getting. But the reality is it was exactly what I needed. And I totally figured this out as I was going through it. I'm like, oh, all right. And yeah. And, and yeah. that's that's one of the biggest things that really stood out of your book is this is having this mindset regardless of the circumstances, because mm-hmm. you really did not have much reason to have a positive mindset. No. <laughs> they did not give you very good odds. Tell us about the odds that you were given. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That first night in the hospital, I was standing there with my then 15 year old son, my 16 year old son's in a coma lying on this gurney, literally bone sticking through his skin. I remember looking going, are those bones sticking through his skin and glass and gravel coming like, you know, sticking out of me, road rash down half his body. And he was in a deep coma. He had a tube coming out of his brain to to manage the pressure on his brain. He was on a ventilator and the doctors are told us he had this torn aorta that was going to rupture sometime in the next 24 hours. So it had to be repaired. They go, but listen, we can't do it here. We don't have the right, um, the, the, the right surgeon to do this. It was a really specialized surgery because they had to do it without a blood thinner because he had the brain bleeds. And they go, we can't do it here. He's never going to survive another airlift because he'd been airlifted to this hospital. Right. And, uh, and my 15 year old's listening and he goes, and even if he were to survive another airlift, he's, he's not going to survive that surgery. And even if he were to survive both of those things, he'd be so brain damaged. It wouldn't be worth it. And Bryce is listening, looks at the doctor says, so like maybe a 0.25% chance he'd make it. And the doctor says, yep, that sounds about right, son. He goes, well, we'll take those odds. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if you, I don't think you met Bryce. Um, no, I have met Bryce. It's, it's yeah. so, it's so cool. Like just to see his, his, um, his presence throughout your story. And I know this has been such an experience to grow and change him too. I, I love to, to hear that, you know, how, how he was involved in it. 
Yeah. He's, yeah. And that's so Bryce. I mean, it's like, it's so Bryce. And, and so, um, yeah, Bryce is like, we'll take those odds. And I said, we're, we're overruling you. We're going to airlift him. And you know, the reality was he was going to die sometime in the next 24 hours. So it's like the risk here, there is no risk. Like the risk is not trying here is a hundred percent. He's dying there. There's a 0.25% chance. 0.25% is better than zero. Let's go there. And I mean, it was a pretty obvious decision, but um, you know, it was a tough drive to that other hospital. We had no idea if he was going to be there or a corpse when we got there. And, yeah. but then when we got to this other hospital, it was a totally different situation. They were just game on. We've got it. We yeah. can do this, you know? Uh-huh. So, you know. Yeah. And, and what I loved is that at, through the experience of your son being in the hospital and, and meanwhile, you're working crazily by his side on this book launch. You're on your computer doing emails, doing whatever you got to do to, to keep things moving, even in the midst of this chaos of your son being in a coma right next to you. And you, you, you really protected the environment from negativity, right? Can you talk a little yeah. bit about that of, of making sure that there was a certain type of positivity around at all times? Well, this is, I mean, I've got to credit my mentor, Kay Smith, who just, um, I wish I could tell her in person. Hopefully she hears me. She passed, uh, a couple of years ago, but she taught me when I moved into her house, she had me wear these little rubber bands on my wrist. And anytime I said anything negative, she had me snap them. And I mm. swear to God, Lauren, I'm thinking I'm going to have like no skin on my wrist. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, you do not realize what comes out of your mouth. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is ridiculous. Right. So yeah. I became so good at managing my environment. Cause that's the first thing she taught you is don't watch the news. I mean, way back then there wasn't the internet, but it's like, don't watch the news, read positive books, be around positive people. And I took that to heart. I mean, it's, you know, you spent a lot of time around me and around my, you know, of the people I hang out with. And it's like, there are no negative people in our world. No, not at all. And, um, I don't do negative news. I just don't do it. I manage my environment. And it made me realize with Grant, like, I knew he could hear what was going on. And in fact, we found out afterwards, like he had, you know, the near death experience where he was asked whether he wanted to live or die. And Mm. he decided he wanted to live based on what he was hearing me say. And I was so careful about people coming in because people come in and they go, Oh, we don't know if we'll ever wake up. And I'm like, get out of here. You know, because I kept telling him, I go, listen, honey, you're going to be 110%. It's going to be great. You do not need to worry. We've got this. I just need you to fight. Mm. I have goosebumps all over. Yeah. And, and you protected him. If you heard anyone speaking negative, no, 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 we're going to go outside of the hospital, right? In the hospital room. Yeah. Not even get, yep. You knew you had that sense that we could hear you. And, and so I, I'd love also to, to talk a little bit of, of one of the things and in me being a, a doctor, this really applies a lot to my patients because my patients come in and they are going through so much stuff. And a lot of times they come in with extremely high stress and that's usually a big part of where we start is how to manage this stress and, and maintain self-care in the midst of that. Yeah. And I, I have given them links to, you know, different podcast episodes where you've already done um, your shows regarding this book because I wanted them to hear about your story and now they'll, they'll hear it on this show. And you really practiced extreme self-care through this experience. And it was like you had your game face on. You knew that you had to, otherwise it'd come crashing down, right? I knew I could not get <laughs> sick. Yeah. Um, so that was the big thing. I was like, I cannot get sick. So I have to be totally like my self-care has to go at the top of the list. Cause if your kids in the ICU with holes coming out of his brain, yeah. you don't go in there if you're sick. But I also knew I was making life and death decisions. They didn't end when we got them to Harbor UCLA. We had multiple times in there that there were life and death decisions going on. And I also had to make this book go so I could pay for everything. And you know, you can't do that if you're not fully present. Yeah. So it was one that I see with a lot of people is they feel guilty taking care of themselves. Mm. Right. And I think we really need to flip this because if you really want to be there for your family, I think, especially as women, we're the healthcare CEOs of our family. If you really want to be there for your family, if you want your family to be in the best of health, it starts with you. Mm -hmm. So it, it literally was, I realized that I had three things I had to do and only three things. And this is a big takeaway. I wish I could live my life like this all the time, but I just, I just tend to get myself like, Oh my gosh, a million things to do. But I just got it down very granular to my health, you know, saving my son 
And then, of course, I made sure Bryce was taken care of in the desert and coming out on the weekends and then um, making the book a success. And if things weren't, it didn't relate to that, they weren't, they were off. I either yeah. delegated them, I deleted them, or they were automated. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And have you used that lesson after this experience? Do you feel like that really shifted things for you? Well, the one thing um, that I have started to really do is I am so careful about there's a lot of things that have come out of this experience, but um, I am super careful about how I manage my time and what I let get in. And I find that as you continue to progress in life, you have to constantly reevaluate what should be on your uh, not to do list is probably more important than your to do list. Mm-hmm. And um, it's so every quarter I reevaluate what am I doing and what should I have other people be doing, not me, or it doesn't need to be done at all. Yeah. You know? And yeah. that includes, and that includes people in your life. And that might sound totally harsh, but you know, I think sometimes we're afraid to break up with people who really the relationship isn't serving us. And it's probably not serving them either. And I remember early on when I was first building one of my businesses in my thirties, I had, someone tell me, you know, as you start to move into a bigger space, you may find that not everyone's going to come with you. And it's one of the things I've actually had to teach Miracle Mindset Academy, that when you decide you're going to step up to a bigger place in, in the world and be more positive and, you know, do be a change agent, mm-hmm. some people are not digging that. You know, when, it, when I was at the hospital, I had to be very careful around certain people who were like, could not get out of being negative and scared around Grant. I'm like out, you know? So I think these are important lessons because you are who you hang out with and you are what you think about and you Mm -hmm. control both of those things. So you ultimately can control your entire, like you, your whole life, you know, we act like it's, it happens to us. It does not happen to us. And that's really the, the takeaway from miracle mindset is, you know, our mindset can be developed. It's like a muscle. And, you know, that is, it's, it's developed by who you hang out with, by what you think about And boy, you change those things for the good and everything shifts. There was a moment where you had to make a decision. Is this going to be the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my family or the best thing that's ever happened to me in my family? Can you talk about that? Yeah. And I actually made that super early on. Uh, not the first day, like, you know, and I always want to tell people that it wasn't like I walked into the hospital, saw my son on a gurney and went, this will be the best thing that happened to him. Of course. That did not happen that way. I like walk in, freak out. My son Bryce is comforting me. And, um, I thought I was watching a movie because my brain went, protect yourself. This couldn't possibly be. Yeah, you went numb. Yeah. Um, it just was a weird, awful thing. But I got, I, I was in the hospital. The, it was like really the first, it was still in the first 24 hours. He'd gotten through that big surgery. It was morning. The sun was shining in. It was probably about nine in the morning. I'd sent an email out to my entire list and post on social media about what had happened and that anyone had any great ideas. I said, I don't need sympathy. I need support, like any ideas you have. And I get this text from someone who'd been a client. She didn't even really know I had kids. She didn't know anything about me. And she said, Grant came to me in a dream last night and told me to, that he needs you to fight for him and to not be afraid and not worry. And, and I'm looking at reading this text and I went, I've got to, he can sense my emotions. He's always been able to. And I thought, you know, I've got to, I can't show any fear here because if he thinks I'm afraid, he's going to be afraid. So from that moment, I just started looking at Grant and I go, Grant, this is, you're going to be 110%. We've got this. I've emailed everybody. I've got all my friends coming in. This is going to be the best thing that ever happened to you and to all of us. So I just need you to fight. Mm. Just fight. You're strong. You can do this. You've got this. I mean, that's what I would tell him all the time. And what I, and the power of encouragement is huge. So for you guys listening, think about this people in your life who are going through some stuff and they're, let's say they're talking about something that's really tough. You can either go down into doomsday with them, or you can be that person of encouragement that you got this, you can do this. You know, you can speak life into people with the words you use, right? The words that we use create our world. It's so powerful. And, and I talk about this all the time with patients and they say, Oh, I'm bad. You know, I was bad this week. I didn't eat these foods or, or I'm like, I'm like, I say, Hey, there's, <laughs> that, that is not allowed in this room. There's no, there's no good or bad. It's just a food that you know, works in line with what you want for yourself or it doesn't, it's not a bad food. 
it just doesn't get you to where you want to be. So it's taking the morality or the shame out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's gosh, one of the most important places for this of all places in reality is in the medical community. Mm. And, you know, it's like, it was interesting because I talked to the surgeon, Dr. Carlos Donaire. Amazing. He is in my documentary. He is like the hero as he should be. Mm -hmm. And when I walked into that hospital at 5 a.m. that morning, you know, after being up all night, like we, we were in the hospital with Grant till like, you know, 11, 12 o'clock. Then we went home, drove to LA and I walk in and he walks over and he's like, you the mom, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's like a little obvious. I'm like freaking out. (laughs) And he goes, listen, I got this. You do not even need to worry. I do this all the time. Mm-hmm. And now he didn't know. He goes, he's, he's going to be fine. Now he did not know this, right? But he also knew that getting me more worried was not going to help anybody. And in fact, he goes, let me show you where I'm going to do the surgery. Walks me out of this room where there are five surgical teams getting grant prepared. And it was horrific, right? He just goes, let me show you. Come with me. You know, (laughs) and I mean, I talked to him afterwards. I'm like, thank you so much for doing that. He goes, yeah, you know, you just, that's what I teach my uh, students to do. It's like, get you out of there. You don't need to be seen. Yeah. Yeah. Not going to help. Thank you. Thank you. It's safe. (laughs) So, but you know, him being positive, he goes, I've got this. Don't worry. I'll, I'll go fix him. Um, I'll be back. I was like, all right. You know, (laughs) you're like, Cool. Okay. Cool. Perfect. All right. Sounds, sounds good. good. Whatever he said, I'm sure is right. I'll go with that. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had an amazing team around you working on Grant, and 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 so one thing I want to talk about now is you. It's really interesting the thing that Grant said when he left when he stormed out of the house. And I I would be so interested to see what, what that all, like what happened with all of that. So he said, what did he say when he left and how did that play out? Yeah. Talk about like a way to create massive mom guilt. Right. (laughs) Oh my God. This is going to be the last thing I heard from him. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Bad. So my son wanted to go to this martial arts class and I'd come home and he um, was like, it couldn't go because dad had said no. Now I said, listen, he had a migraine all day at school. And like, all of a sudden he has this, you know, incredible, he's, he's all better now. I'm like, uh, uh-uh, it's not going to work that way. You're not going. Yeah. And so he got madder and madder and madder at me. And then he finally said, and I was like, well, that's the weirdest thing. What, like, what do you even mean? He goes, mom, I'm not as strong as you think I am. And storms out of the house. Mm. And I remember at the time I go, God, huh? Bryce walked out and goes, gosh, what a jerk. And I'm like, yeah, wow. And I'm thinking, what should I do here? Should I go after him? Should I just let him go? And I'm thinking, just, you know, let him go. He'll he'll be back. So I walked out the door or I walked out the door and I went into the garage and I went to work out. And that was, that was the last time. And I remember thinking that night, oh my God, like really? Yeah. (laughs) It's going to be it. The last time I see him, he storms out the door mad at me. And why didn't I just stop him? Why didn't I let him go to martial arts? You know, all that crap. I was saying all that crap and Bryce is like, stop it, mom. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so. And how did that show up later though? When I'm sure that that statement echoed in your mind as he went through this experience, right? You know, it's very interesting because early on I kept telling him and I found out his name actually means um, warrior. And so I just started wow. telling him, Grant, you, you know, you are a warrior. You are stronger than you think. And I've said that ever since. And what's been super interesting is when he first came home, I was very freaked out about everything. I mean, he would go and walk across, you know, to cross the street and I'd be like, be careful, you know, (laughs) mom, you know, stop it. And so I finally realized that when I was doing that, it was actually making him depressed. It was not helping him. Mm -hmm. So what I decided to do is he would complain about something like, mom, I need you to text me when I have an appointment. So I know when it is. And I go, I can't do that, honey. I go, you have to do this. You are, you know, this is not going to be easy. Don't wish it was easy. You have to make yourself stronger. You totally got this. Mm. And the minute I started doing that and telling him that he was stronger than than he thought that he could do this. The minute I started to do that, he started to step up and it made me realize, you know, you look at people, we're never better than when we're challenged. You, um, remember that 
ad. We all learn about this in school, about the ad that um, Shackleton placed to get people to go to, I guess, Antarctica. And it said, you know, death likely, but if you come back, you'll have great honor. And he posts this in, in England and they have, like he says, it seemed like the whole, you know, city of London showed up to apply for this thing because it was like, <laughs> they want a challenge, they want mm-hmm. honor clearly. And I thought, gosh, here I was trying to make this easier for him and it was depressing him and he wasn't fighting for it. And so, Mm. you know, it's kind of an important takeaway for all of us to remember, especially if you're a parent, is you don't serve your kids by trying to make it easier on them. Mm -hmm. You don't, you know? Yeah. How do you serve them then by giving them the skills and empowering them and encouraging that they can do it, right? Well, every time, I mean, think about how you build resilience. You have to face things that are scary. And when you face something that's scary, then you, each time you do that, you go, oh, I, I, I got through that. You know, it may not have been fun. It might've been difficult, but every time you do it, you get through it. You realize that that wasn't as bad as you thought it was and you can yeah. do it. And it's really important to be able to handle that and yeah. to be able to know that, you know, fear is just very short lived. It's just a wave. You get through it and resilience can be developed, but it's not going to be developed by, leaning away from the scary stuff. Mm-hmm. I love the, the analogy that, that you're, what you once saw as this ceiling above you that you can't get to then becomes the floor and you just yes. rising. And it's like, I never thought I could get to that level. That thing that seems so scary. Oh my God, it's a walk in the park now. And it was yeah. the thought of it like the scariest <laughs> part, right? That's a really good way to, it's what has been so interesting with my kids is we, we all sat around the table a couple months ago and we were talking about this and Bryce goes, you know, we're so much better, all of us, because of going through this. Yeah. And I thought about it and Grant, you know, I asked Grant, I go, Grant, let's go back four and a half years. You have the choice to cross the road or not. What would you do? And you go, mom, I crossed the road. I'm better because of it. Mm. And we, we just are, we're all better because of it. But what's really interesting is that you look at like Bryce now, Bryce is in college and he's just in such a different place than the other kids because it's like, what's, what are you going to do to throw him? Yeah. You know? Right. Like, no like, kidding. You know, <laughs> I mean, after what he's been through, like what kids get upset about and freaked out about, he's like, really? You know? <laughs> yeah. The worst stuff you've been through, the more resilience you get to have, and it allows you to just handle so much more that's coming at you. Mm-hmm. I, I, one of the best things I ever did is open the clinic. It's the hardest thing I've ever done by far. I mean, to be honest, it's kind of like my first real job. I've had a lot of random jobs here and there, but I was a full-time student for forever. And then I graduate and all of a sudden I'm this new doctor and it's time to start a business. And it, it was like so scary because I didn't know what the heck I was doing and I still am learning as I go, but it has developed me as a person so much. And that's, I think intuitively I knew I wanted to do it because I knew it was the development that I needed for myself to grow up, <laughs> become <laughs> an adult in my thirties, you know? And, and so I think it's so important for us to look at things we've experienced in our life, no matter how bad they are, because they all have served us in a way. And we really get to look back and choose what those lessons are because there's nuggets in every little bit of those experiences, right? Yeah. And you said something super important there is we really get to choose when you really think about it in life, we're really choosing our experiences and how we relate to all of these things. I got a chance to sit down with um, Pat Boone's daughter, whose son, and I remember the story. Maybe you remember this. Her son, um, fell through a skylight and he fell three stories and hit his head all the way down. Oh my gosh. And no one thought he would live through it. I mean, it's crazy to live through it, but he is, they wanted to meet because we've been doing stem cells for Grant. They wanted to talk about, you know, our experience. And I said, sure. You know, and they came out, they didn't bring him because he can't be around um, groups of people there. He has a lot of stuff going on and they are so grateful. They are. So, I mean, I was like, wow, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and you really can choose your experience. Like they could have looked at that and been angry and bitter. I mean, they have 24 seven care around the clock care for him and they are so grateful and thankful. Mm-hmm. You know, it oh, really, yeah. I remember through this. Oh yeah. I remember hearing about, um, I can't remember exactly the details of it, but basically comparing 
um, those who win the lottery compared to those who became amputees. They were studied, and then a year later, were found that those that became amputees were much happier than those who had won the lottery. And they they found such meaning, and um, you know, and and that that probably that miracle mindset that you talk about. Yeah, it's if you look at the studies on resilience, um, the people who've gone through stuff and handled it are happier than people who haven't gone through stuff. Like the people who've gone through some adversity and come out the other side, you know, are happier than those who haven't handled, haven't had to go through adversity. Mm -hmm. So that's a big one. And then the other interesting one is looking at um, forgiveness. And they actually looked at studies where people went through highly stressful situations and then their mental health outcomes and absolute correlation. If you went through big stress, you had poor mental health unless you practiced active forgiveness, in which case that link was completely erased, Mm. which is insane. What would you tell to the woman who hit your son? If you could actually talk to her? Um, Well, we forgave her. um, I mean, we early on, I thought I forgave her, but I didn't realize that I had to really actively forgive. I didn't understand that I'd never been through that process before. So I actually went to 40 Years of Zen with our, our brother, Dave Asprey, and went. <laughs> wow, how was I, that? It was awesome. I didn't realize that forgiveness is... Uh, so, you know, when people think about forgiveness and this woman who hit my son, they would think, oh, okay, well, what to forgive her? You'd have to call her and forgive her. And I go, that's actually... Forgiveness has nothing to do with the other person. Mm. except for like, you don't need to call them or say anything. How forgiveness works is you first have to charge that person with a crime in front of who you decide is going to be your judge and jury in the location you decided to be. So I picked, I picked, um, Aslan. I kind of, I picked Narnia cause I've <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's a good one. I love Narnia. I, love Narnia. And I, picked, I picked Aslan cause I love, love blind. And, uh, so I picked that, but when I charged her, um, you know, I mean, you can think of like what it's like for someone to think about like this woman hit my son, got out of the car and then got back in her car and drove off and left him there, you know, mm-hmm. but then you flip it over and you become empathetic for them. And, you know, she saw my neighbor pulling up to protect my son and call 911. And I kept thinking, you know, I don't know what happened and no one ever will like did she hit him? Did he walk in front of her? Like what happened? Granted, she shouldn't have driven off, but she also saw someone coming up and I kept thinking, well, what if, what if she had little kids at home and no one to take care of them and they would have had to go in foster care and, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, who knows, you know, what mommy instincts were kicking up there. I don't know. We'll never know. And so first you go into total empathy and boy, just that flip into empathy and trying to feel what, how that person might've felt changes everything. Yeah. And then you find the gift because there's always a gift. There's always a gift. And, you know, it's brought our family so much closer. It's very hard to rattle us at this point. And, um, mm. so you find the gift and then you check in with those judges and you fully forgive. And that's what we did. And that made all of the difference. At first I just, people wanted to witch hunt her and I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'm focusing over here. And I thought I'd forgiven, but forgiveness, the takeaway here is forgiveness is an active process. It is not something that you just say, Oh, I forgive you. Uh, uh-uh. You have to actually go through it and go through all of those feelings for it to really work. Yeah. You, one of the things you talk about in your book is how you just realized through this experience when Grant was hit, how you had been so checked out from your kids. You, you got flashbacks of being at different sports games or whatever on your phone and sending emails. And although you were there, you weren't really there. So let's talk about that a little bit. Ooh, yes. Yuck. Um, <laughs> right. And we all do it. We so all common. do it. Yeah. Oh man. Um, so I, you know, and I think this is kind of a single, a single working mom thing or all working moms and working parents. It's like, I'd be working and then I'd be worried about my kids while I'm working. And then I'm with my kids and I'm thinking about work. And it's like, you're just never anywhere. Like you're Mm. kind of in this never, this in-between world all the time. Right. Yeah. And so I just made this decision one day and I, I have a gratitude journal. I pull out every single morning and I'm always writing down like my big things I'm manifesting. And so every morning I'd write down in there, I am more present for my kids. 
And like, I write this down every day. I'm doing nothing to make it happen. Nothing. Right. Right. So just writing it down like as if, as if that's going to make it happen. And all of these opportunities are showing up for me to be more present for my kids, but I am not taking them. Yeah. And, and honestly, when this whole thing happened, I mean, nothing snaps you into being present for your kids like this. When this happened, it was like, bam, you know, mm-hmm. I got super present, super fast, um, yeah. with my kids. And it has been one, there's been two of the seven lessons that I, I created a whole scorecard because I realized one of the biggest challenges in helping people expand their mindset is to kind of know your starting point because what you measure, you can manage. And in weight loss, it's super easy. Hey, test their body fat, take their waist measurement, find out their weight, you know? Yeah. yeah. But on mindset, I'm like, well, huh? How do you measure this? How do you measure your ability to forgive? And if you're holding on to grudges or if you're, it can be in the present or you take action. So I actually created a scorecard to measure these things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I find with myself, I have to remind myself, you know, be present. Don't be doing email while you're supposedly having a conversation with someone. A, it's disrespectful, but B, you know, it's like you're not present for either of them. You're, you're sucking at both when you're doing that. Right. And then you're just tired at the end of the day feeling like you didn't accomplish anything because you were like half-assing it with everything. Right. Yeah. So it's one you thing really at a time. Didn't. <laughs> yeah, one thing at a time. And, and also I, I get that a lot of you guys listening, it's like, yeah, it sounds easier said than done. It's a process, you know, but it's but just knowing like, okay, what am I focusing on right now? You know, one thing at a time. Yeah. It just starts with awareness first. It's like yeah. none of us, and you would never go, okay, you know what? There's seven attributes of the miracle mindset. You would never go, okay, I'm going to work on all of those. It's like, no, you don't. You know, we have an academy. We take people through and we'll go. We, I have a little challenge I start everybody with, which I can challenge your list. To. Yes. Just this changes everything. And I call it my jam, but it's for <laughs> B-A-M, not for J-A-M. Because um, as you know, with sugar impact, I'm not a jam fan. <laughs> yes. So the first thing is starting every morning with gratitude. And um, man, I have interviewed so many people and it's very interesting because this is one of those common threads is I've looked at, I've talked to some of the most successful people out there and it, it isn't that they got hit by the lucky stick or that, you know, they, they've had it easy. In fact, it's been just the opposite. These people have had it harder. They've faced more and more challenges and they've built more resilience. And the big common thread I see is that that, and that they're, they're grateful mm. that they're practicing gratitude. So every morning I have you pull out your journal, physically write down at least three things you're grateful for. So that's step one. Step two is at some point during the day, especially if you're, you know, something hits you and you get in a bad mood or depressed or anxious, you text someone and tell them what you appreciate about them. Mm. So that's step two. Boy, when you do that, it's amazing what people heave back at you. It's like the most, it's like a love fest. It's so awesome. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing is, and you have to be genuinely honest. Don't blow sunshine up someone, you know, it's gotta be real. And then the third one is at night, three little wins, three little miracles that happened that day. And this was one of the things that saved me with Grant. Like every morning I'd wake up and I'd write down what I was grateful for. And gratitude shoves fear out of the way, which was super important when this was going on. Cause I'd wake up, realize I was in a little crappy hotel. He was down the street in a coma in the hospital. I'd freak. And then I get into what I was grateful for. And, uh, every night I'd be leaving that hospital. It'd be dark. I was in a really bad part of town. It was scary. I had to walk like a mile to my car. And, uh, I would think about, the little wins that happened that day. What, what were those little miracles? Cause you know, there are these little miracles happening all around us every day and we are missing them cause we're too busy. And I did this the other day. I'm like, I was walking. I've always said, gosh, who texts in the middle of a parking lot? Well, I was doing it the other day. I'm like, I know better. My son was hit by a car and I'm like texting in a parking lot, almost get hit stupid. And I'm missing all the stuff around me. That is amazing. Cause there is so much stuff around us that we just, mm. My movie of, of maybe the year right now, I mean, I'm, I'm like obsessed with this movie right now. It's come up since I was a kid is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> and, and the song that he does, the imagination song, he says, if you want to view paradise, simply look around and view it. And it's, it's just all about our perspective, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Our mindset, the way that we're looking at these things. Yeah. 
the last thing I want to actually have a couple, couple other questions before we wrap up. Well, I guess it's more of kind of the topic of never assuming that you know what someone's going through. So while you were going through this experience, you had a hater on Facebook say, you can just go ahead and take care of your son. Your job will be here when you're, when you're done. He was judging what you had gone through and, and you can't ever judge what someone's going through, right? Even the experience of your, your, that woman hitting your son, like you said, maybe she had kids at home. Maybe it's something going on. So when we're in traffic and there's road rage and we want to, <laughs> maybe that person who cut you off they're they just got broken up with. Maybe they just lost their job and they're, you know, so think, think outside of our own world, right? Yeah. So important. You know, there were a couple people on Facebook because I played this whole thing out on Facebook because for two reasons, number one, I had to be, I didn't have enough time. So I figured that what I could do here was just to do this all on Facebook. And that would allow me to, you know, save time, communicate in one place. But then I thought, gosh, there's going to be a whole lot of people I'll be able to help as I do this, which is what started to happen. And one woman said, I cannot believe you're doing this on Facebook, like totally got on me. And I'm thinking, do you know how many people lives I saved by doing this on Facebook? Cause people are going, okay, we're following what you're doing. We're doing this. We'll, and I went, man, this is so, this not only is it time efficient, but also I helped so many other people because of it. Mm-hmm. So, and the woman who was saying, you know, just don't worry about your job. It will be there waiting for you. I'm like, yeah, not really. Not all really. The, all yeah. the people who work for me are going to be out of work and everybody, you know, like this, I'm not the only person I support and all this stuff, but she, her context, you know, she had no context. She, she's never probably run a business and yeah. most people haven't, and they would never understand. So her frame of reference was totally off. So for yeah. her frame of reference, I'm sure this would have been great, but in my world, unfortunately it didn't, it didn't work that way. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like going, well, it wouldn't be just me who'd be in trouble. All of like everyone who works with me would be kind of in trouble too. So mm-hmm. no, you can't, make, you can't assume just because someone has yeah. a beautiful website and seems like they have an amazing business and books and everything you still can't make the assumption that they are super rich and super successful. And it's funny how we yeah. always think everybody else's life is perfect. And one of the things I found early on when I was a personal trainer, I was in all of these wealthy, wealthy houses in LA. I mean, these people were like the, cause back then only people who hired personal trainers were like the really rich and famous. Yeah. <laughs> and it was unbelievable. The, 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 all the stuff that we all go through, they were going through that same crap. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is crazy. It's oh incredible. yeah. That, that's been a very humbling experience as a doctor is people who I was just like almost starstruck by who would come in as patients. I just learned they're just going through the same stuff I'm going through. So, yeah. 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 And, and, and <laughs> Maybe the same better thing. shoes, right? The same stuff. <laughs> <laughs> totally. We're all in this together. So where, so where can people get your book? Where can they also see your documentary? So the book is everywhere. I mean, obviously easiest is probably Amazon. And the documentary, if you go to miraclemindset.com forward slash movie, you can see the documentary there. It's, it's airing all over the country on public television, but you know, every single station is different. So you never know when it's going to air. So, um, but I know that it's, it, we, we have it on our site too. So you can see it there. If I and could it's imagine, amazing. Did you yeah. see oh, it? it? Yeah, I got to see it. It's amazing. I'm like, how did she pull that together? Jeez. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, if I could magically put some headphones on everybody in this entire planet and you could speak to each person, what would you want all of them to know? You know, I love the line that's in the first lesson that was one from my mentor early on who said, uh, don't wish it was easier, make yourself stronger. Mm. And in the middle of things, when it's so scary and so hard, I will remind myself of that because every single time I've gone through something, Lauren, you get better. And I cannot think of one time in my life where things were easy and I became a better person because of it. Like never, right. yeah. <laughs> that never happens. And it sucks when you're in the middle of it, 
but it's always better when you get through it. Always, no matter what happens, it always is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I just went through something yesterday. I was like, ah, you know, you just get to a point you're like, I've got enough character. I'm strong enough. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but you always come out the other side and it is always better. So you just have to keep that in check. And that's where, that's where the gratitude, that's where doing the jam, the gratitude, appreciation, and little miracles can save you because we're going to go through these things. It's part of the human condition. You know, Mm -hmm. that's the one thing we know for sure. Yep. And it's an ebb and flow. It's going to get better again. So just knowing that, like every grandma says, this too shall pass, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Well, JJ, I just, I just appreciate you so much. I just want to acknowledge you for what you're doing in the world. And thank you for pushing through such tough crap. And (laughs) it has given people so much inspiration and so much hope. And I know that any person who reads this book is just, their life is going to change so much for the better. So just want to acknowledge you for that and anything I can do to support you. I am there with you. And so you just keep doing what you're doing and I know you'll be back on real soon. I hope so. I hope I don't have to write another book to get back on. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed the show. That was our episode with JJ Virgin. I loved recording that show with her. I felt like we were really able to connect and just, just talk about something that all of us can relate to. And that is difficulty. We're all, we're all going to have something that's difficult in our life. We're all going to go through stuff and we can't avoid that. That's life. We have the ups and we have the downs and the way that we view these events are up to us. It's our choice. We get to decide if this is the best thing that's ever happened to me or the worst thing that's ever happened to me. The power is in your hands, even in the most dire of circumstances. So I really hope that you got something out of this show, that you realize that you are powerful. You are magnificent. There's something about you that is unique to only you. There's only one you on this planet and that you have strength. You have power within you. Even when you think you don't, it's still there. You have it. So whatever you get to do to Tune into that, be around people who lift you up, read things that inspire you, protect your mind. You're already doing that by listening to podcasts like this. We all need that encouragement, that extra just, I can do this. And so I hope this has given you some inspiration, some encouragement. I love you guys. And um, yeah, spread the word. Definitely share this episode with friends. I think it'll help a lot of people and um, have a great rest of your week. I'll talk to you soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love and I'll talk to you soon. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. North Pole Hotline. Help! My in-laws are hosting Thanksgiving and we're bringing the dressing. You mean stuffing? No, dressing. I need cute outfits for everyone. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's kicking off the holidays with stylish denim, velvet tops, the season's best dresses, and 40% off your entire purchase now through Tuesday. 40% off? We'll be stuffing our shopping bags full. And don't forget colorful sweaters and amazing outerwear, too. You can even buy online and pick up in store for free. Ooh, I love an all-you-can-wear buffet. Holiday your heart out at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1118 to 1120. Exclusion supply. See stores for details.